get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games We got our technical difficulties all straightened out. Welcome inside Game Day Winnipeg. I am live here in Hamilton at the 110th Grey Cup. The legend Chris Walby joins us live from Winnipeg ahead of uh, a game. I think, Chris, uh, a lot of people are looking forward to because of the unique storylines surrounding this game. And maybe most notably, it is the the D word people are talking about dynasty if Winnipeg can win a third Grey Cup in their fourth straight appearance. And then on the other side, you got a Cinderella story in the remarriage of Cody Fajardo and head coach Jason Moss and a defense that created nine turnovers to upset the 16-win Toronto Argonauts in the East Final. Right off the hop, Chris, how are you and how do you see this one shaking up? I, I'm, I'm doing great, DB. I'm in the peg. I'm enjoying great weather here, sunny. Got my 1990 Grey Cup championship hat on just to let you know where I'm going with my heart. Uh, but you know what? I remember us in 88, and uh, we were 99 and uh, not given much chance to beat BC. We beat BC in Ottawa. So, I mean, anything can happen on any given Sunday. It really feels weird to me. It's, it's a strange feeling to actually do the game, do bonfire sports the day of the game, yeah. knowing that the kickoff is just hours away. Um uh, yeah, I'm excited for this one. And I think, you know, it's a Cinderella story. I don't think you could have put it any better. Montreal, seven-game win streak. The longest of any team in the CFL this year. Uh, Cody Fajardo, obviously, you know, the big story. First start, Grey Cup against the veteran Zach Caleras. And somebody posted online today that Zach, in his eight playoff games, has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. And I was blown away by that. It said he throws seven touchdowns. Eight interceptions. Now, I don't know if these stats are, but there was by a couple of reporters are actually at the game because I've been reading the feeds and trying to keep up with it, you know, because if you can't be there, you might as well read and hear about what the really story is going behind the lines. Um, well, so, we, know, I mean, we, we know you do your homework, Chris. That's why we want your well, insight you know, you on know, this game. I, and I want to say one thing that's crazy. Yeah. You know, I was looking at this thing. I was looking at the daily schedule that they post for all you guys, all your reporters and media types. And they have a 4 o'clock interview with Jason Moss and a 4.15 interview with Coach O'Shea today. They started that a what few years ago. What the hell are they thinking? They started Leave that these a guys few years alone. ago. I don't yeah. get it. I'd be pissed off, to be honest with you. You can't. You, these guys got more important things. To, then what are they going to give you, the last-minute blurb? What? They're not going to give you nothing? I mean, uh, the big story now is, hey, O'Shea and Sean, uh, you know, dressing. Well, you know why they're dressing. Because the stupid rule in the CFL is if you don't dress, you don't get your name on the cup. Well, let, let's talk about that really quickly. Okay, so 45 crap. players that are on the game day roster for any given yeah. Grey Cup championship winning yeah. team have their name engraved on uh, Lord Earl Grey's mug. However, yeah. um, 
I think there could be a way to circumvent that. This is what we do know, and, and this is what uh, we're here to give you on Game Day Winnipeg. And thanks, everybody, seeing everybody in the live chat. Thanks yeah, for joining us. Thanks right for on. being patient. Uh, I know maybe you hear a little bit of an echo. I know my camera, uh, not the usual quality I like to enjoy uh, here on Bonfire Sports. But uh, once we get hockey fired up in December, uh, you guys will uh, get back to your usual things. And Chris will give you the winter off, right? Um, but it is the health of Adam Big Hill and the health of Dalton Schoen, and more specifically, their availability in this game. It would be a catastrophe if Winnipeg wins the 110th Grey Cup and Dalton Schoen, and maybe most notably their defensive captain, Adam Big Hill's name, would not go on that trophy. The head coach, the GM, the president, and the chairperson of the board also go on the Grey Cup. I think maybe they would find a way to make that happen. Uh, regardless of that, more important to the game, I don't believe Dalton Schoen will play in this game. And unfortunately, I also believe Adam Bighill will not dress or play in the 110th Grey Cup. The Blue Bombers are following the rules as they are written, and they are not going to um, reveal anything until they have to. And that is 30 minutes before kickoff. So around 5.30 Eastern time, 4.30 Central uh, back in Winnipeg is, is when we'll know for sure. But I would be very, very shocked, frankly, oh, yeah. if uh, either one of those players... Uh, uh, are, are playing in this game. This is just indicative of Coach O'Shea and the organization they run, trying to get these players the proper respect they're due. It's such a terrible thing when you go and you play your entire year, you get hurt a day before the big show, a game before the big show, and then you're not allowed to get your name on the cup. It's something that's, it, it, drove, it drives me nuts because it happened to me in 1988. Uh, you know, and so I, I just think it's, it's totally wrong in every aspect. Randy Ambrosi, you're the commissioner. Change that dang rule now. Uh, it's ridiculous. You're punishing players. Now, I can understand if a guy plays two games. But if a right. guy goes halfway and he's in a playoffs, he gets hurt, you cannot cut him out. Uh, like he what? He wasn't a contributor to the team? Come on, man. Shake your head. Uh, uh, you know what? And we're in Hamilton, and God bless you, Red Mosca. I'm going to use your line one more time. It's time to come to the screen and give him an Angela Mosca head slap. Get him going, baby, because this has got to change. Sorry, I just I, I think that's one of my pet peeves about this league is we, we, we make mistakes that we can correct and we don't. Well, we will correct them. We will correct them. And uh, don't get me started on uh, the, the most outstanding player uh, and uh, all-star voting process, all things that we in the Football Reporters of Canada yeah. uh, are working that's on. Chris. Right. So rest that's assured, right. rest assured, we have good people, um, you know, working on these things. Uh, if Adam Big Hill can't play. How does the defense change? We've seen Brian Cole, Malik Clements. Of course, Clements started in the 109th Grey Cup in Regina last year. Um, and we have also seen Shane Gauthier uh, at middle linebacker next to Kyrie Wilson. The way I see it, I and, and with what Montreal brings offensively, I see Winnipeg and Richie Hall's defense putting a big thumper of a linebacker in number 44, Shane Gauthier, at middle linebacker, and 
force the Montreal Alouettes to throw the football. Cody Fajardo did lead the CFL in completion percentage this year, yep, but he was also amongst the lowest in average pass distance, you know, three, five, yep. seven, nine yard throws. So, yep. um, you know, if Cody Fajardo is forced to beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers with his arm, I think Winnipeg's defense is going to be very, very happy about that. William Stanback, Jesh Renantwi, they, Winnipeg's defense does not want to allow that run game to get going because that's how things are going to open up. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, uh, you look at William Standback, he's, he rushed for 74 yards in a total of two games against these um, the bomber defense. I believe they're going to utilize him a lot more today because they cannot rely on just Cody. Now, having said that, Cody has rushed seven times for 65 yards in two games. In the two playoff games, he's rushed for 100 yards. I think it's going to be up to Cody and his legs to extend plays, and it's really going to put a lot of pressure on our defensive ends, and I talk about this every game. Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat, who uh, were phenomenal, along with the entire defense, in that victory over BC. But, um, you know, Willie is just that kind of guy that if you had to pick a guy to be an X-factor, because he's got 70 pressures, second only to the kid who won the defensive player, Matthew Betts, in BC. Uh, you know, he ended up, he's got 13 sacks counting the playoffs, led the league in pass knockdowns. I saw they did a measuring of him. Uh, on the field to see how it stretched, you know, his arms to his feet. And he took up half the God dang football field. So, I mean, I, I, I just think it's, it, it's really going to come down to, I was listening to that Christian Matty, who's a 14 year veteran at the Alouette O-line. Mm-hmm. And he says, it's up to us. And you know what? For if I, I preach this every game, the battle will be one in the trenches, no more so than today. If Montreal can keep the stallions and the bomber defense off, Cody's back. They got a great shot. If they start getting rattled and knocked down, you know, it's going to be a big thing. And then conversely, you know, Thorpe is going to bring everybody on Zach. See, Chris, they you want might, to as, rattle well, you Zach might as well host this program because you know exactly where to take it to the other side of the football. Montreal's defense go, is buddy. the X factor in this game, aren't they? You betcha. I'll tell you right now. Uh, they, they're the, uh, the, you know, Cody's not the straw, whereas Zach is. Uh, I think that the Alouette defense has played phenomenal. I, when I looked at their stats, and you know I'm not a real stat guy, but you have to look at these stats. They have nine defensive touchdowns, 10 counting last week. Uh, you know, they they have 12 or whatever touchdowns from non-offensive production, which is crazy. Um, I just think that they are a team that is flying high right now with Coach Jason Moss. Uh, I think they'll do whatever they have to do. And Jason Moss, God bless you. You and Danny Machocho have done a really good job of building something special in Montreal. Uh, I'm just looking forward. I saw they had a couple of the wrestling greats, uh, a couple of MMA MMA champions wishing the Alouettes good luck today. I love it. I love when you get people like that across the universe to come and say, hey, it just shows the CFL the reach, the tentacles the CFL can get to. So that to me was really crazy. Well, I know, um, you know, maybe it's not the most diplomatic way to put it. And, and you know, Chris, how I how I try to do my job, and that is be objective and, and call it as You're I see it. Be, yeah. But the reality to me is the Montreal Alouettes are going to need all the luck that they can get. Yes. The path to an Alouettes victory is paved with takeaways, with points on special teams and from those defensive takeaways. It is paved by uh, the inability for Brady Oliveira to run the football. We know how important Winnipeg's offense is 
predicated on Brady Oliveira and the run game. They are able to dominate the clock, play ball control, and then also have that explosion ability, not just with Brady running, but with Zach Kolaris stretching the field with Kenny Lawler and maybe the best set of hands in the CFL now that Brian Burnham has retired. Geno Lewis maybe right there as well, having lots of conversations about that this week with, um, you know, uh, Alouette's uh, media and fans uh, here in the city. Um, And also Nick Dembski, you know, not looking past uh, Brennan O'Leary Orange and Drew Wolitarski and Rashid Bailey, but to me, it is Dembski and it is Kenny Lawler that are going to be those principal pieces in the Montreal Alouettes, um, for the Montreal Alouettes defense to focus on. So ball control turnovers would be the Winnipeg Blue Bombers worst nightmare in the 110th Grey Cup. And to me, that's the only way Montreal is going to be able to compete in this game. If Winnipeg can score and not turn the ball over, it is going to take some crazy happenstance situations of maybe where Letcher returns a couple kicks back for a touchdown. Um, and, you know, where we see some maybe some defensive points scored by the Alouettes. Well, you know, you saw that, uh, you know, they had, uh, what's his name? That he was a big returner for Worthy, was was healthy. and But they can't take this kid out, this James Letcher Jr. Um, you know, he returned a touchdown, basically choked the gas out of Toronto. In that game, after Toronto scored, he returned a kickoff for a touchdown. He's got a missed field goal for a touchdown. He's got an incredible 17.0 yards per punt return. Uh, this guy had not played. We have, The Bombers haven't seen him. He never. He has not played against Winnipeg. So this is going to be a new thing. Special teams is going to be huge so when you got a guy like that. And then we got to look at the other guy. Prime. I, I call him prime time because I think that he's going to break out. And that's Janarian Grant. Mm-hmm. You know he likes that. I mean, this is where you want to shine, right? The Grey Cup. Yes. So I, I, I'm going to watch. You know, it's going to be good. I think we have the edge uh, and field goal kickers. I like Sergio over, um, you know, David Cote. But uh, we'll have to see. I mean, when you're a team that believes they can do things, uh, it's amazing what you can put, you know, what you can do and what you can produce on that field. Uh, but you're right. To me, when I look at this offense on the, on the Alouettes, They've got some great players. There's no doubt about Tyson Philpott in second year. Austin Mack, who is really their go-to guy. Tyler Sneed, uh, Cole Speaker. But you still got on our side, Drew Olatarski, who's always ready to break out a game. Kenny Lawler, who, you know, is, is, is that guy that makes catches look routine. Circus catches. And then I watched a big performance of uh, Rashid Bailey put a post on this morning. His pregame. You know, mm-hmm. doing what we used to all do, go in the ice tub. Everybody laughed at us, but that's what you do. Your legs come out, they're fresh, you feel great. Uh, they're doing everything else because this is it. doesn't matter what happens. Tomorrow, you're either going to a victory party or you're saying goodbye. So, I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And for those of you out there, you know what's going to happen tonight. Uh, we are going to fire up game day after dark it is your post game show live here on youtube and facebook and twitter uh and then available of course on demand we'll get the podcast up uh as well uh as we break down the 110th gray cup between the montreal alouettes and the winnipeg blue bombers there's a lot of other storylines kind of surrounding this game uh chris and uh you know most outstanding player uh most uh, you know uh, coach of the year uh most outstanding canadian all of these sorts 
of things. How did you see the CFL awards, uh, you know, uh, shake out in your mind as far as, um, you know, who the, the football reporters of Canada voting populace uh, put up on stage on uh, Friday night? Well, you know, I think that's why they did the voting before the final game. Obviously, you talk about Chad Kelly, and, and then he comes out with the mysterious I had a concussion thing, uh, which doesn't speak well for me. I, you know, I, I don't get it because, I mean, if you got you a concussion, why are you in the game hurting your team? Why don't you come out and at least let somebody know? You're not being a hero by going in there and not, and you got a foggy head. So I was surprised by that. And then they were asking him questions. He goes, yeah, I feel good now. Well, it's two days later. You got a yeah, severe I don't know if I buy it. You're not coming back in two days. I don't know if I buy uh, so it. Do that, you buy it? No, I don't buy it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I also think that uh, it was very interesting that the CFLPA awards, which to me are really, really a great award because it's 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 voted on by your peers, your players, yes. not the media, not the guys stuffing hot dogs in their yap up up at the top. These are, are the players. So what are you talking about? Uh, and I like the fact that you know there was Stanley Bryant and Jamarcus Hardrick. Interesting that the old line, Dijon from Toronto, who won the outstanding, wasn't even a pick for the CFLPA. Yeah. So, yeah, there's always question marks. But you know what? The easiest thing to do is to say what's going on. You know what I mean? We can all nitpick till we, you know, whatever. Uh, it is what it is. You got to live with it. Get on with it. Let's play this game. Let's see who wins. I will say this, though. I want to throw in Cody, uh, uh, Zach Kolaris. Two of his best games, even though he threw the interceptions. Second down conversions for both his games were almost 65%. Right. That's incredible. So, you know, they're getting great first down production. So that means Brady's obviously getting the ball. I watched a couple of throws again that uh, Zach made going cross body, running out to the left, throwing to the right, you know, to his receivers. I, I just think he's that kind of guy. He's magical. I love the article about how, his, how he's fiery because I don't think people see that unless you're you know, in that locker room or in that huddle. I thought it was interesting that somebody said something to him in a huddle. And he said, if you don't like it, go to the sideline. That blew me away. Yeah. You know what? And I've had that happen. You know, where Matt Dunnigan will tell a receiver because he's whining, he's not getting the ball. You know, he'll just say, hey, screw off. You know what? And he won't say it in that polite way. It, it becomes very animated and loud. But I love it. That's the competitive nature. You're there to win, right? You're not there to do anything else. Uh, this is a family. I think it's got two families going. I think the Montreal Alouettes have created a family atmosphere. I said this on the Rod Peterson show um, that I thought that the Bombers got to the Grey Cup because they have a mission. They want to, you know, they want to be that team that considered to be a dynasty. Uh, they want to make up for the last year loss in overtime. But I think Montreal, to me, I think they were just happy. I just hope they didn't blow all their cookies in the win against Toronto. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> So <laughs> that's one, that's one way to put it for sure. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned, you mentioned of the two families, Chris, uh, I've noticed that Alouette's head coach, coach Jason Moss, who was a member of the same coaching staff headed by Scott Milanovic and Mike O'Shea, the special teams coordinator, when the Alouettes won the 100th great cup yeah. back in 2012, that Moss is touching on a lot of the same speaking points and fundamental values that we've heard from Mike O'Shea over the last number of years, that this Alouette's team is the last time it will be this Alouette's team playing together, that they are a brotherhood, that they are a family, that they're playing for their teammate. All of those tenets 
all of those pillars of the Mike yeah. O'Shea culture that has been established in Winnipeg and a reason why they're in a fourth straight Grey Cup game. Um, that all said, the difference between these two teams is Montreal, quote unquote, has nothing to lose, right? Five straight wins to finish up the regular season, playing Cinderella, upsetting, uh, you know, a powerhouse Toronto Argonauts team and, you know, spoiling the party for a lot of Argos fans that were just going to go down uh, the QEW here to Hamilton for the game. Um, and then you have on the other side, a team of destiny, a team of dynasty, a era of Canadian football, Chris, that is similar to the one where you were blocking uh, the right side of that uh, vaunted Winnipeg Blue Bombers offense and offensive line where you have three Grey Cup rings from 1984, 1988, and 1990. Maybe not the, you know, shorter period of time that this Winnipeg Blue Bombers team has found two Grey Cups in three appearances in three seasons, but now here they are in their fourth. Can we say that this is in that conversation with the Mike Riley and, and Cal Murphy uh, era I, and also I'll, the Bud Grant era led by I, Kenny I, see, Plain where they won go. four cups and six appearances. See, I was going to go back to the Kenny Plain era. I think Bud Grant and I think that team should never be overlooked for what they accomplished. Kenny Plain, Leo Lewis, all those guys, Nick Miller, all these guys that I know that played. Uh, you know what? To me, that was, a, uh, that was a true start of the dynasty. We're, probably the word dynasty came about not that stupid soap opera on TV. So, you know, uh, I just think it's it, it, this is good for the Bombers. I think they've got a great shot. I don't think they're overconfident. I think that the fact that they saw what happens if you let a team hang around too long, and that's another thing. Do you let Montreal hang around? I think if Montreal, for the key for Montreal to me is get off to a good start. Yeah, they'll need that. Montreal does not want to get behind the eight ball right away with Zach or the, and the Bombers for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Um, I think that all the air out of their uh, proverbial balloon will be gone. But having said that, if uh, the way Montreal is playing right now, um, you know, the way they took away the ball, you know, nine takeaways or whatever. Uh, and then he, you, you, you factor in that Cody got sacked seven times. Now, the Bombers have sacked him six times in two games, I believe. And Willie had a big game that time, and so did uh, Jackson. Jeffcoat had a sack against him, too. So, uh, well, you know that, what? And that goes back to my critical key of the game, Chris, is that. Winnipeg will focus on stopping any sort of run attack from William Stamback, who is an outstanding running back, and Jeshren Antwi, who is a nice change of pace and a Canadian tailback, a very good player as well, because this Montreal offensive line is not... The same offensive line uh, in caliber, in my opinion, to a Winnipeg Blue Bombers offensive line or a Toronto Argonauts offensive line, even maybe even a BC Lions offensive line. So for BC, or pardon me, for Montreal, of course, they're going to need to establish the run. That's why I think Winnipeg is going to really focus on the run and force uh, Anthony Calvillo, their offensive coordinator, and Jason Moss, who have a lot of experience, to say, hey, you know, with so many guys in the box, with Shane Gauthier uh, being a beast in the middle uh, and not allowing the run game to get going, we're going to have to use the arm of Cody Fajardo. Then Brandon Alexander and Dietrich Nichols and Evan Holm and Houston and Parker and all of those uh, impressive DBs, including Reda Cramdy, the Canadian starting at the dimeback spot. Those guys are then going to have to, um, you know, ensure Cody Fajardo stays in check. And I think that's a much more digestible task than keeping a Vernon Adams in check or keeping a Chad Kelly in check or keeping a lot of other quarterbacks in the CFL. Fajardo's good. 
but I don't see him beating Winnipeg with his arm. And that's why Winnipeg is probably going to ensure well, that that's yeah. what he needs to do. He likes the short game. He loves a short game. That's why he led the league in completion percentage. I think that, you know, when we're talking about this and we're talking about what they can do and the fact that they've got to run Willem, I think on the other side, conversely, I'm going to throw it to you as well. I don't, I, well, no, I'm just going to say, you're talking about Shane Goche starting, and I'm thinking Malik Clements should get the start. That's yep. what I'm thinking. I mean, Clements uh, is, Some think it's is Brian a guy Cole. that I think he's oh, Brian Cole. They've got guys. Now, let's look at this too. The games that the Bombers have won against Montreal, Sean Lemon, Darnell Sankey, Avery Williams, these are big studs. So you, go, you look at that linebacking crew now. I think Darnell Sankey and, and Sean Lemon are the two biggest additions to this defense. Well, and they were Sean additions played, mid-season, right? Yeah, but I love the way Darnell plays. He won a championship in the XFL. Tyrese Beverett, I really like him. Reggie Stubblefield. Then they got a guy that led when he was with Ottawa, Avery Williams, who led the team in tackles. They've got a lot of very, very capable, good run-stopping linebackers. And yeah. you know what they're looking at? Number 20. Where's 20 going? And they're going to be all over. I mean, they're going to be a shadow to Mr. Brady Oliveira. So it, I, it's not going to be easy. And I love the way Brady runs, and I love our offensive line. But I think Montreal's defensively, their linebacking crew especially, has really changed. Mustafa Johnson and Amando, you know those Sewell in the middle. They're they're two big tanks. Uh, you know, I think that you know uh, Christian or Chris Konikowski, who I still think, to me, I would have picked him as the All Star center. I like the way the kid. He plays. was my All Star center. He was my most outstanding oh, offensive lineman in Winnipeg. I've had a lot of fans saying that uh, I must be smoking something because I didn't pick Stanley Bryant or Jamarcus Hardrick. Playing center is tough. It just doesn't always automatically go to the tackles. Absolutely, buddy. I mean, yeah, the tackles are because they get every season because you're the last guy on the line and everything comes out that way. So, but he call, he uh, calls you know, the protections and he has been he's been well, outstanding. Yeah, it's more congested in the middle. That's where you're going to see twists and you know Sewell trying to grab the center and wrap Johnson around or Sankey coming. That is where I think if Big Hill doesn't play, which I don't expect him, that is one thing that I think is going to be a difference. Yeah, Adam Big Hill is a freak out there. He knows and he reads so well. He's so intelligent, he recognizes formations. He's like Michael Shea. When Mike used to play linebacker for the Argos, he would line up over. I, I remember him lining over up over me, and he'd be yelling our offensive play. He recognized the formation. So, I mean, these yeah. are the things I think that are important. So, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, Adam, I hope you are, but I don't want you to hurt yourself for the future just to try and get in the game. But I love what they're doing, and I hope they put your name on the cup when they win because I think it's a travesty for what you've done to this team and this city not to have your name on that, you know, that trophy. So that's yep. my, that's my uh, rant. No, I'm. I think we're all in in agreement with that. No, no question. Uh, for those that uh, are joining us uh, mid-show here, thanks for joining us on Game Day Winnipeg, your pregame show ahead of the 110th Grey Cup. Bombers right, Alouettes right. getting set to uh, tangle for the trophy tonight. We will have live post-game coverage following the game, so be sure to join us back here on Bonfire Sports for that. I'm going to be inside the Winnipeg Blue Bombers locker room after the game, so Ooh. it won't be immediately following the game. It'll be a little bit after but uh probably within an hour of the game completing you know go home 
you know, digest your food, uh, all your great cup snacks, and then fire up Bonfire Sports. We'll break down uh, the game. Uh, you mentioned those playmakers on the defensive side, Chris. I'm a huge fan of watching Tyrese Beverett play. You mentioned Avery Ellis and, and being the tackle machine that he is. Reggie Stubblefield? He replaced Adarius Pickett when Pickett signed a free agent contract with the Toronto Argonauts. Pickett led the CFL in defensive plays in 2023, was an absolute yeah. monster and the all-star dimebacker uh, in the East Division and at the CFL level as well. Stubbefield, outstanding rookie. Uh, Mustafa Johnson, probably their most impactful defensive lineman. Uh, they will be focusing on Brady Oliveira. They'll have to. To me, that opens yeah. up play action. That's when Dembski yeah. and Bailey will be involved. Drew Olatarski and Brendan O'Leary Orange. And then, of course, Kenny Lawler can be used in so many different ways. Uh, these guys are all good blockers. That'll be part of the play action where the receiver will go downfield, maybe chip a linebacker and then break off uh, and, and be open for, uh, you know, a quick hit pass from Zach Kolaris. Do I see the Bombers stretching the field with the aerial attack? Maybe a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be an area of focus. They need to be risk averse. And some will say, well, to be risk averse, you have to be, not be afraid to do the dangerous things. And I think that is the way Zach Kolaris's DNA is made up. So I don't think Winnipeg will limit the offense. I think the play action and with what Brady Oliveira can do, like remember the first drive of the West final, Chris? 10 plays, nine times it went to Brady Oliveira. The other time it was an incompletion to Rashid Bailey. Nine touches, 70 yards, all Brady Oliveira, and the Bombers punched it in uh, for a touchdown to, um, you know, get their first points of the West final. I see something similar there, especially in the early going mm -hmm. for Winnipeg, mm -hmm. and they'll see how Noel Thorpe's defense responds to that. But the play action game is going to be very important. That leads into our keys to the game, Chris, uh, as I got to get on a shuttle pretty soon. And I uh, wish we could do what more of a, a pregame show. Short show. But uh, Offense. Yeah, fire it I'll up. Just go uh, right give me your keys. Listen, you hit on the thing. It's Brady ball. You know, you got to pound the rock. I was averaged over hundred hundred yards, both games. I think it's big time as you got to protect the football. This is a team that lives off the turnovers. Keep Calaris standing and dig it. Good first down production. Defensively, you can't allow Montreal to get out of the gate quickly. Uh, you know what? I think you got to keep pressure for Jardo. Don't let him beat you with his legs. And, and, and special teams, the guy that scares the bejesus out of me, don't let the speedster, Jay Melcher Jr., become the hero, field position, and, and points. So to me, that's they're the keys. But uh, I also have one other thing for you. Sure, I love you, man. What this is what I had to do for you. Ain't no air horns at this game. Hamilton Ticats Hall of Fame. Bombers Al's up playing rough. And it's always, always tough. Anytime a great cup is played. Ooh, what? <laughs> Wonder this time who will win. Montreal, Winnipeg, here's my spin. Game is over, there's blue and gold. Winning that great cup never gets old. Damn, baby. Nicely done, nicely done. Not bad, for, for our, last broadcast, our last broadcast of the year. Hey, I thought I'd come up with something special. So, yeah. Anyway, so you can tell from that, it's blue and gold. I believe the... Uh, 
I the Bombers are going to win. I'm looking for a good game. I hope it's not a blowout. I want us to be close, but the Bombers are going to win. So go blue. And DB, I know you're in a rush to catch well, that hang, show. Hang tight, hang tight. I I, I got to play this from uh, our good friend Tristan Rivers. Oh, darkness, my old friend. It's Western final time again. BC Lions are here once more. But the bombers all show them the door. The fans are rocking and crazy in this dance today. And after 60 minutes, the coop What Tristan do you think king, of that? that? Big ups to uh, Tristan Rivers and Tristan yeah. Rivers Music. You can uh, see his uh, YouTube handle there as I try to uh, uh, pull up um, our uh, uh, selves again here to the screen, Chris. Uh, you have incredible pitch. Uh, Tristan is a legit uh, professional musician. He says you seem to have an uncanny ability to uh, just remain in tone perfectly. Well, I don't know about that, but I just have fun. You know what? When I'm doing a show with you, DB, and we're covering the Bombers, uh, you know, it's just a lot of fun. And you know what? I thought I'd add something, you know, just in the playoff thing. It's not going to be a weekly thing, but I, I just had a great time doing it. And it's been a, a fun year again, buddy. It's hard to believe. You know, and uh, in June, we kicked this off at the preseason. And here we are at the last game of the year on Grey Cup Sunday, finishing it off, uh, getting ready for what should be a classic Grey Cup. So, God bless you, DB. It's a pleasure to work with you all year. And uh, enjoy the game, buddy. And we'll talk after and have a few after-season cold ones. No question. No question about it. Uh, I echo all of those sentiments to you, Chris. Thank you for all that you do for Game Day Winnipeg and Bonfire Sports. First and foremost, the fans love hearing yeah, your perspective, seeing your voice, hearing your stories. Thank you for uh, a third great season here on Bonfire. Uh, it would be absolutely nothing without you. So thank you for that. Enjoy the game. Who are you, who are you watching the game with? Are you watching with any alumni? Uh, maybe Stan Mikolas. We always get together. We watch the game, watch the Western final. Uncle Stan. Uh, he's, got the he's got, Uncle Stan's got the defensive side. He likes to watch stuff. He's nervous, like a serious, he's, he always, he gets crazy. But uh, yeah, I got him, maybe a couple of my sons, but I got a couple in Mexico right now. So we'll have to see. Okay. Um, I just hope that guys in the States get to watch the game. Cause I thought I heard something about. They do. They can water. watch the game. If you think about it. If it was on CBS Sportsnet, only people that pay for that cable channel could watch it. Anybody can watch the Grey Cup for free across the United States, frankly, across the globe. I think Russia and China are the only two countries you can't watch it in for free on CFL+. Plus. So the whole hubbub about the game not being on TV, well, not everybody has CBS Sportsnet in their cable package. So more people yeah. can potentially watch it. I think it's like, you know, if you're flipping through your channels, you might find the Grey Cup. But for those that want to watch it, they can. Uh, just go to the CFL's website and you'll find CFL Plus there. Amen, brother. And hey, congratulations to my alma mater, Dickinson State, winning the first road playoff game against Montana Tech into the second rounds of the NEIA playoffs. God bless you guys. Good job. Yep.
Okay. Well, hey, enjoy the 110th Grey Cup. I'll leave the final word to you, Chris. Uh, legend in this league, Canadian Football Hall of Famer, three Grey Cup championships to your name as a player with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And of course, 10 Grey Cups uh, where you did color commentary on the CBC. Uh, last word to you, my friend. And uh, again, uh, bid bidding you the best. Uh, we'll catch up soon. Uh, fantastic Amen. 2023. You know, I just want everybody to enjoy the game. If you're lucky enough to be in Hamilton, it's a great city, Steel City. Uh, they know how to you know, put on a party. I think next year it's in BC. It'll be another great place. And remember, 2025, it's in the pig. Woo, baby, we'll be there. I hope I'm still here. That's all I say. Every day is a good day when you got on the right side of the ground, brother. So love you all. Take care. God bless. We'll see you on the post game show here on Bonfire Sports. Have a great one, everybody.